Hello, Star Wars fans. You're listening to another episode of the Rogue Squadcast. And tonight, I don't know if we were live. I'm pretty sure we were live, but okay. I already messed this up. Hello, Star Wars fans. You're listening to another episode of the Rogue Squadcast. Tonight, we have an amazing episode because we are reviewing and breaking down the biggest movie of the year, Star Wars The Last Jedi. We have a great great round table of people here tonight this is a spoiler episode so if you have not seen the last jedi what are you even doing do you even star war go out and see it and then come back and listen to this or watch this or whatever have you and you can hear all of our thoughts bottom line we all love the movie but hopefully you don't click off this video just because i told you we all love it and you stick around to, to hear why we love it and why we really don't understand why it has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. But then again, Rotten Tomatoes has no significance on every, anything. So uh, Everyone says that. but <laughs> and, and also listen to our criticism, since we all like the movie to differing degrees. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect film, but I mean, it's amazing. Um, so good. on that note, let me introduce uh, everyone. We have our two co-hosts. Ross from MGF Customs and Ben Holton. Hi, hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay, and then for our three special guests tonight, first up we have Frank uh, from up? Flash Kenobi 3. What's up, dude? From House of Cards. <laughs> uh, next up we have James Bautista. What's up, Rebel Scum? And finally we have my buddy Marco, Pokey Schultz, with a bunch of random numbers. <laughs> What's up? And they're not random numbers, they're just random numbers. There you go. So, this is an amazing movie. Um, I think we can all agree with that. Mostly. I don't think it's number one for any of us here. No. No. Um, I know our buddy Corey over at First Order Transmissions, it's his first favorite. Um, And I can see why it would be someone's favorite. It originally started out as my second, and then I watched it another time, and I enjoyed it just as much, but I did bump it down to number three, and then I watched it for a fourth time last night, and I ended up bumping it down to number four, but this movie, I feel like it totally reworked my order of Star Wars films. Um, before we start talking about the film, I think we should all just run down the line of our favorite Star Wars films from one to nine. Um, my first favorite, and down to the ninth, is Force Awakens. Return of the Jedi, um, A New Hope, The Last Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, Attack of the Clones, and The Phantom Menace. Uh, so whoever wants to go next, you can go. Whatever. Yeah, so my list is t- definitely subject to change, and I have yet to thoroughly rewatch the entire saga to make any decisions that I honestly consider to be final, and my list is incredibly subjective and unpopular, but <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One... The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, New Hope, and The Phantom Menace. Again, incredibly unpopular opinions. I couldn't care less. Uh, guys, give me yeah. just like 10 seconds to come up with it. Like, so someone else can. <laughs> uh, Frank, how about you? He's <laughs> just like, I don't have it ready. I, I got one. I got one. I got one. I can do it. Uh, my list. Number one, Empire. Two, and this is all subject to I need to rewatch everything. Uh, I think Last Jedi is number two for me right now. Uh, Generous. Th- three, Force Awakens. Four, um, Revenge of the Sith. 
five Rogue One, six New Hope, seven Phantom Menace. Uh, oh, I forgot Return of the Jedi. Okay, put Return of the Jedi. Put, put Return of the Jedi somewhere uh, between The Force Awakens and Revenge of the Sith, and then close with Attack of the Clones because I don't like that movie. God. <laughs> Uh, whoever wants to go next. Okay, I, I have my list now. Okay. Alright, well, I'll just start off by saying I like all of them. Just because one's at the bottom of the list doesn't mean I hate it. But, Dude, you know, same. Um, yeah, exactly the same with I, hold, I did, like, a whole ranking on, uh, on Twitter, and the lowest it goes, my least favorite is Phantom Menace, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's not a bad movie, per se, but, like, it's not my favorite. There are nine different Star Wars films, so obviously, yeah. just because I like Phantom Menace, and and I and I like I I mean I also I have uh, Rogue One I think seven <coughs> but I love Rogue One so it doesn't mean just because it's seven doesn't mean I hate Rogue One I it was so forever. hard to make this list man because like yeah, I was able to throw together the Marvel Cinematic Universe list so much easier it's so much easier oh, to prioritize yeah. all those films and then I I for the first time I actually you know I tried the Star Wars list I was like holy shit because I for me I hold them all on the same pedestal not you know for me it's it's like, you know, all, all the films all on the same shelf as opposed to separate. And so, like, it's difficult to judge, man. For sure. Yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm going to go uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Rogue One, Force Awakens, Episode 2, Return of the Jedi, Last Jedi, and then Episode 1. Damn, you got the last Jedi that far down. Yeah. Fair. Well, I mean, I didn't dislike it, but I definitely yeah, no. Like we just said, all on the same shelf, hmm. same pedestal. Right. Yeah. So. Game it's much, it's, over. it's way easier, like when you have like certain criteria for different lists, like mm. you know, cinematic significance or you know, pure enjoyment or whatever. Right. But my pure enjoyment list is probably. Uh, Empire, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, um, A New Hope, Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, then Attack of the Clones. Nice. Fair enough. Oh. I just want to give a shout out to James's shirt because I love that. That is rad. That's, yeah, that's cr- awesome. Cross generations, yeah. Where'd you get that? I'm just curious. Three generations. Uh, T Public, I think. Yeah. I'm going on T Public as soon as we go off live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what about you, Frank? Well, this is really hard because I love every single Star Wars movie, obviously. But just for childhood purposes, I have to put Episode 3 first. Then The Force Awakens because that was a whole another realm of experiences. Then Episode 5. Then The Last Jedi. Then Return of the Jedi. Then Episode 4. Then Rogue One. Then Episode 2. Then finally Episode 1. Good list. All of the, yeah, all of these lists are very yeah. fair, and I think if there is one person here with the weirdest list, it's definitely Ross. <laughs> oh, and yeah. again, mine. Listen, I mean, mine probably won't change too much, but I definitely think I could probably rearrange a few films. I really have to go back and rewatch the saga, like to to properly judge. I will I say hate that word. Like, I don't want to judge anything. Uh, yeah, and I'll say this: I think Force Awakens will remain number one for me. Unless episode nine outdo, uh, 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 is better. You know, I don't think there's yeah. anything else with the potential to be better than Force Awakens except episode nine. But that's just my personal opinion. So fingers crossed. 
Um, I mean, it's kind of a given that episode nine is going to be amazing. I mean, they can't mess it up. You know, coming from com- I know the director is the director who's I in charge of never solving Marco. mysteries. I was going to say, yeah. Eric and are best friends. Don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> No one's bad at all. He remembers your name, so put in a good word with him, huh? Let's be honest, Jamie God. Taylor yeah. probably doesn't even remember your Just name. But JJ does. <laughs> Dude, JJ, I mean, listen, he's one of the most talented. I'm, I'm not just saying this because I've met him. He's genuinely one of the most talented filmmakers working today. I mean, Super 8 is one of my favorite films of all time. I don't care what anybody else says. It's just an opinion. These are movies. They're opinions. <laughs> Everyone is supposed to have different opinions. I'm not going to uh, look down upon someone else who doesn't like Force Awakens. Uh, that's actually that's debatable. <laughs> it depends on why you don't like Force Awakens. Uh, if you can actually present a good reason, then that's your opinion, whatever. But if your reason is something stupid like, oh, I didn't like Ray because this is why, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so on that note, let's get to The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> the Last Jedi dictatorship companion. <laughs> um, you know, so, in, in all honesty... That thing, and all of a sudden it just goes from six people to five, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we currently have two viewers, so uh, shout out to those two viewers. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey, share this video. Um, give it a like. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, please. I'm be, what? <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I can't find a single thing that I genuinely hold against Last Jedi. I feel like, for the most part, everything is very well structured. A lot of people complain about the pacing in the movie. I do disagree. I think the pacing is very, very well done. I mean, though. Uh, I liked Canto Bite, the scene. I felt that it, that was a little too long, but it didn't drag the movie, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, in all, in all honesty, bottom line, I really just dug this movie. And, um, you know, I, I had a fun time. It, I mean, seriously, it is not going to go the way you think. Uh, that's that, the, I literally, hear that the, one best, more time. the best marketing gimmick of this movie. <laughs> is that it's really, it's not... There was no person online who guessed the way this movie would go. Yeah, they're saying that's like very relevant is let the past die. Yeah. Because Ryan mm-hmm. wants you to take all your nostalgic attachments and all your head cannon and just throw that in the garbage chute. Like he and, all you, all, and all, all you Clone Wars fans especially can... <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, what you say not entirely the true? The past die thing, they gotta get rid of like the lifted dialogue and imagery from other movies yeah. though, you know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Eric, what you said was not entirely true because I did see one Reddit post from like really like late 2014 that actually predicted Snoke's death. So, or something. Okay, excuse me. You said one Reddit late 2014. <laughs> late 2014, no. somebody predict, predicted Snoke's death for the last Jedi film. No, we didn't even so know sorry. that Snoke was a thing. Until... 2015. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have bad ears. I'm yeah. sorry, I misquoted. No, you're gonna say you. I thought you said you had for half a second. I thought you said you had bad ears. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have those as well. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, let's get into the spoiler stuff because again. 
Final. Then again, this movie was already spoiled for you. I gave you a warning though in the beginning, but we already so, said just, the just biggest put it in the title. I, I did. I said uh, yeah. spoilers. Um, but let's get into the, the real spoilery stuff. <laughs> Basically, bottom line, thanks to spoil, Snoke dies, Luke dies, um, everyone dies, Akbar <laughs> dies. Akbar dies. dies. Leia doesn't die, thank God, because uh, she will now live on forever. What's his face from Celebrity uh, Karaoke dies. Um, the, 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 don't look at me like I'm a nut. This guy, the, the, the host, who like who, who did uh, he like does like the carpool karaoke with uh, oh yeah, James Ford. Uh, he had a cameo. He had a cameo in the movie and he blew up. You guys are the lunatics <laughs> and you guys aren't. Yeah, yeah James Ford did die. No. Was, that, was that really James that Corden though? Yeah. Yes. Said on Twitter, he showed it's the real guy. It's not James Corden. Pablo Hidalgo. Really? Oh, well, it's not my okay. fault then. Okay, well, James Corden look alike. I'll, I'll just leave now. <laughs> I'll just be back here. It looks uh, just like him though. I thought that too. That was my first time. But in my opinion, I feel like everything in this movie fit. It felt right. And though it felt almost more of like a third movie or two movies combined than one movie, uh, you know, it, I will also say it's very, it's going to be hard for episode nine to continue the story because there are. Dude, I have no idea so... what's going to happen in episode nine. I can't like. A, there was a lot going on in Last Jedi, and, and the thing is, if this is going to be Ray and Kylo's trilogy, like he had to get rid of the old masters. So they yeah. only have one more movie to conclude their entire story. So if it's going to ever focus on them, but emotionally, I can't say goodbye to the main trio yet. I can't like process <laughs> that they're gone. Well, yeah. you're going to have to when we get to Episode Nine and Leia has her off-screen death. No, I, <laughs> I, mean, the I first, think that the was first actually scene is very be her blowing up. So you 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 know that. Listen, I'm I very concerned. Very thing that Ryan did, Ryan Johnson, for everyone No, did with this movie is that he didn't kill off Leia. Um, and it's not smart, though. Not necessarily. Because um, it, it, it leaves an, a, an open door cre- creatively for JJ and Chris Terrio to work with. And there's a lot they can do. They, like. I mean, listen, go on. Listen, I don't. Get, I, I get, get a phoenix. Get a phoenix down. Chant some incantations. Uh, get do some voodoo. They, 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 no, they no do. CG recreation. So no, no CGI. They have, I think I they don't. have to write her out in the in the opening crawl, honestly, because blowing her up in a spaceship or repurposing footage or writing her off in dialogue would dishonor yeah. her. I feel like they have to write. For sure. Opening crawl. The general has fallen, but the resistance rises in her wake. Like yeah, they have to do it in between movies. I don't see a way they could respectfully do it otherwise. See, I, there is a way. I'll tell everyone after we go off air, just because I don't want to give away my idea on air. Um, just what? Because... <laughs> JJ, if you're watching, <laughs> gonna steal JJ, it. no, no, JJ, I would... watching from a shadow account is going to steal your idea. I would. Eric doesn't want to see a viral Instagram post where he's not credited. Is what he's saying. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just I, I would listen. I would gladly give my idea to JJ. I'm not asking for credit if he ends up using this, but I don't like. I don't know. I don't want this to be like this crazy subreddit, you know. Um, but <laughs> for Marco's three to four hours, there's a way that I've thought about that would be very. Uh, it would honor her very respe- respectfully, 
and it would have her character live live on in the Star Wars saga forever. But does she I become mean, a Force ghost? She never actually dies, and you just hear her commands from off screen. Listen, anything's possible. But um, what is what does everyone what does everyone think about that? Of, of Listen, Leia, man, I. I I fully understand where everyone and everyone comes from in saying that it's disrespectful to do a CGI recreation. I totally understand that, and I absolutely respect it, especially if her estate, you know, if, especially if her family would not want it done. Then it's completely off the table. If they approve of it and if they are okay with it, then great. Maybe we can, we can wrap up Carrie Fisher's story as as Leia. Dude, because think I mean, of listen, how jarring that would be. You know, like- I know, I know, I know, and that's totally fair. I mean, especially if they did it for you know as extensive as extensive as they did Tarkin, it's a very fresh wound. I mean, Carrie, it was it was not long ago that this happened, and so I totally understand it. But at the same time, I totally understand. You have to understand that that this is a multi generational character that has been an icon to the world for forty years i mean this is a major character and if we have to digitally recreate her face for a couple of shots just to have a proper send-off i think it is a a fair trade sure if again if her family if her family agrees and only if her family agrees see i i sort of agree with Um, that but i also sort of disagree with that because in my opinion uh i don't think her family would agree and listen i'm not speaking for the yeah, family then, then, it, then it's off the table i, I almost kind of don't want the family to, to agree have to, to consider that. it yeah to even have to consider it it's, because it's so... honestly even if they did i wouldn't be happy with it the most i would if, if we if we see leia on screen again i obviously they're not going it has to be a back shot or doing a scene mm. face like what they did with Tarkin is just flat out disrespectful just don't even you but, didn't like what they did with Tarkin? We talked about no, no, this. No, 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 I, I did, but I'm just saying that was 25 years after Peter Cushing passed Fair. away. Yeah. And a fifth of the right. story, yeah. you know, but this is Leia. She passed away almost a year ago in five days, December 27, 2016, she passed. And it's like the most I would see on screen at this point would be a hologram. No more. No more. They but got I mean, what, what if she... And just leave it as a hologram and be done with it. What if she was like on board a ship, like a mat? Like, okay, time jump. You know, the resistance has been rebuilt. She's on a massive cruiser going up against the might of the first order in in the first act of the movie, and her ship is going down. What whatever's going on? It's you know a fiery sequence, and and like Marcos said, maybe we can have a tracking shot. You know, like something from the back, and then just for like maybe ten seconds, not even you see a shot of her digitally recreated from the side or from an angle to where they spend a tremendous amount of time on just that one shot or just something. Because I, I just, it's such an awful thought to me to have Leia Organa to, to be written out of the story, either in the crawl or, or, or in a line of dialogue. That sounds awful to me in the same way that, you know, like iconic characters that we hold close to our hearts, like even Ahsoka, if she was just written off as like, Oh, she's a bird now. I mean, it's just, it's just that is so disappointing to me like having a character that you grow up with that influences your life so many millions of people and then to just dialogue one one bit of text on a crawl it just it doesn't it sounds awful you know and so i feel like this really it's a really unfortunate situation that nobody has any control over let's consider the option of letting her live yeah 
Exactly. Why not let her live all the way through the series and just don't show her on screen? Have her command exactly. come come from off screen, and that way you're not disrespecting anyone. Absolutely. And get a good voice actress too. Yeah, yeah, get a get a good get a good voice actress. Have lines read from off screen, like like filtered through uh, like a radio or something. Uh, she doesn't need to show up ever again. She write her off as being sick in bed. They had a pretty decent voice actress in, in um, that crappy Battlefront Two Resurrection DLC. That was I not. Did, I did see that. Yeah, that was a terrible story. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, again, listen. I I think it, just let her let her live on. Let her legacy live on forever. Um, that's the best way I think to honor Carrie. She was. Oh. I mean, a, a how about, legend. I mean, or how about like what? What if what if they had a? An, again, we we really need time jumps for episode nine. I mean, we need to be further in the future. The resistance needs to be rebuilt. I mean, because oh, yeah, I, I was gonna say, how yeah, long yeah. do you think the time jump is gonna be? be because if we had Leia on a hologram, I mean, that that, that could also work. I um, want to see, yeah, but if it wasn't too close, I want to see a time jump, but I want to see the resistance struggle to rebuild. I don't. I don't care. I, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> hey, listen. Honest again, to God. The most important thing about being a movie fan, especially a Star Wars fan, is respecting others' opinions. Yeah, no, dude, for sure. Listen, you can disagree with them, but yeah. it doesn't matter. They're just opinions. These are movies. You know, then again, movies are like the most important thing, but uh, <laughs> just respect everyone's opinion at this point. Like there are so yeah. many people online who just don't, they don't grasp oh that, God. and it's a shame. Can't you know? even have a conversation. Exactly. No, like you can't have. Whenever the worst thing is, whenever I tell someone <clears throat> that oh, Force Awakens is my favorite is my favorite Star Wars film, and it's one of my favorite films of all time, I say it proud, and literally, I never hear from that person again. Dude, that's it's just like of the Sith. No, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, it would be even harder. Like, I can't even imagine how hard it is for someone like you and Ben and, and Frank. Mm-hmm. Your favorite is a, a prequel. And listen, I love Revenge of the Sith. I love the prequels. But society doesn't, and that must suck. I don't give a like, shit. Let's go. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go to 4 a.m. Exactly. No, I, I don't care. If you say, oh, that movie sucks, that's your opinion. Okay. I, listen, See, most people I don't like... hate Revenge of the Sith. Even people that dislike the prequels are usually like, "Yeah, Revenge of the Sith out of the three is fine," you know. Yeah. To the one guy whose Mostly. favorite movie is Attack of the Clones, I'd like to apologize for everyone who has ever just shat on your opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Life must be incredibly difficult. <laughs> listen, Battle of Geonosis was epic. That is, I'll, give you, it was I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Undisputable. That battle of Geonosis is amazing. Um, but listen, we're not here to talk about the rest of the side. Yeah. We're here to talk about Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> we barely talked about it. I know, right? Um, so, we're talking about, about episode nine. <laughs> as you can see, this is an unscripted yeah, exactly episode. Um, like all of our episodes, totally unscripted. Um, but let's, let's, let's move on to, to some of the other things. The main plot. Uh, so basically, there are the the main plot is the resistance escaping the first order, and the subplots of that all connect to that one main plot. But the the main subplot is is Ray trying to get Luke's help to come back to the resistance 
because they can't do it without him. And as everyone who saw the movie, we all know that they really couldn't do it without him. And Luke's uh, another thing, a lot of people's main criticism with this film is that this wasn't the Luke Skywalker that they know. This is not their Luke Skywalker. And I disagree because we are introduced to Luke. He has just, he's, I mean, though it happened a while ago, he is still processing the fact that his, everything he built was destroyed by his apprentice, his nephew, uh, the heir to Darth Vader, if you will. And it's like, that is so hard to come to terms with that. If, if I was Luke, I wouldn't want to train a new generation of Jedi. Even if I am the most optimistic person, I wouldn't want to train a new generation. I would abandon it. I would be a hermit like he was. That was proper treatment of his character, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was very smart on uh, Ryan's writing. And then at the end, when the resistance was, there was just no more hope left. There's nothing more they could have done. They were going to be decimated. Luke returns um, as a force ghost, but he returns to save his friends. And because he ends up using every bit of energy he has left, he ends up sacrificing himself for his friends. And it was a perfect send off. Listen, binary sunset that I burst out hysterically crying. It, his character arc came so full circle between a new hope and last Jedi over the past 40 years. Um, it's just, it, it's, I still can't fathom the fact of how beautiful his character arc is. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I think it was. The problem most people have is, is they, they, everyone expected the Legends version of Luke to, for him to be the new Grandmaster of the Jedi Order and to rebuild it with Rey. And I, I'm, I mean, I was, of course, I was perfectly fine with what Ryan Johnson chose to do because ultimately Luke had the same impact because what he did would spread around the galaxy in the same way that a, a Jedi Order led by him would. Absolutely. You know, the message that he sent of standing up to the First Order. And look at the character progression in Luke over just one film. He went from it's mm-hmm. time for the Jedi to end to I will not be the last Jedi. So, damn, God, the line delivery on Mark Hamill's part. I gotta say, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's writing is so... It, his writing is just... It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's so poetic. Like, listen, I'm not a fan of poetry per se, but it was poetic. And it hit deep, especially the Snoke throne scene, which, in my personal opinion, that whole sequence with Snoke in the throne with, with Ray and the whole fight sequence afterwards, mm-hmm. favorite scene of the whole movie. Um, oh, and yeah. I mean, that's all of it. Star Wars movie ever. What was that? I think it's one of the greatest parts of any Star Wars movie ever. Absolutely. Oh, for totally sure. agree. Totally agree. It was, Epic. I mean, the, the fight choreography and cinematography is top notch. The the chills that I got in the theater, the the just the, everything about it was just amazing. And the cue of the music when it happens, yeah. I know. Oh my god! And 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 the the, the applause I, I from the crowd. Get over the fact of Snow's delivery of that line was. Um, he ignites his saber and kills his true enemy. And his true enemy was Snoke. And you just get that character out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I, though I would have loved to see Snoke in episode nine, I think uh, his death in episode eight, The Last Jedi, uh, I, I thought it fit very well for the overall narrative of the trilogy. And it made sense. 
and almost made him out to be a joke. Because now if I go and rewatch Force Awakens, it's almost like, wow, this dude that everyone was building up for two years, <laughs> those countless theories, they're all worthless. They don't mean anything. Yeah, that was my favorite part dead. about it. Because by this time, two years after Force <laughs> Awakens, I was so done with the Snoke theories. Yeah. Oh, my this, God. This was cut in half. My first thought was, oh, and, my gosh. Some people you know, are going to be so coming, coming out of the Force Awakens, everyone's like, who, who, everyone and their dog, who are Ray's parents? Who is Snoke? Mm-hmm. And like Ben just said two years later, I'm like, I, I don't care. Can we go see the movie now? <laughs> also, people who complain that Snoke oh, no. Has no, have no backstory, yeah. they forget that. For 15 years, we didn't know who Emperor Palpatine was. Like, yeah. we didn't know about his origin for 15 years yeah. until the prequels came out. I mean, in, in canon. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You don't need to we didn't know. even know that he was a Sith Lord until 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, exactly. I mean, and going back to, to, to Ray's parents, though this episode kind of seems rushed, this segment, and mm-hmm. this part of The Last Jedi should have more of a length but i'll get everyone's saying in a second though everyone wanted ray to be uh someone's daughter um which i totally get i wouldn't have been mad if she was leia's daughter let's say i wouldn't have been mad but the way they did it i think was very smart because they made her the daughter of two nobodies and james i know we talked about this um uh, texting, but it, Ryan's message, and even at the end with the with the broom boy on Cantabite, right. it was the message that anybody, no matter what, anybody can be a hero. Right. And going back mm-hmm. to Ray, like, oh, but how do you explain how strong she is? Uh, well, number one, she lived on her own as an orphan for 15 years on the, the, the nowhere planet that's Jakku, fighting and training and just fighting to survive and fighting to live. So yeah, she's going to be a strong character. And how is she Force-sensitive? Uh, how, how is Obi-Wan Kenobi Force-sensitive? How is Yoda Force-sensitive? How's Qui-Gon? It all goes back to the prequels. And I think that's what J.J., when yeah. he said in a recent interview about Episode Nine, he said, we're bringing a lot of prequel stories back. And he also has a lot of room to include Clone Wars canon. He has a lot of room I, to put that in to episode nine and for the, the, the general movie audience to kind of understand that. And I, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to go back to talk about midichlorians and actually explain like what Uh-oh. the hell these no things way. are. Mm-hmm. And Eric, I, what are you talking about, buddy? Listen. <laughs> listen. He's never touching midichlorians. He's never touching what? that again. I'm listen, I don't have a problem, never I don't have a problem with midichlorians and I think it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind him touching on it in, the, in episode nine, but I just know he won't. Oh, <laughs> No, I mean, okay. You can argue that the theme of this, whole, of this whole film, like the main theme, is that you know the Force and the Resistance burns in the hearts of nobodies. Like that's why it ends in the shot of that broom boy because it's like not only does a rebel symbol uh, have this hope that inspires people as a spark, you know, but also it's from the the fringes of the galaxy that the greatest heroes originate from simple means. Whether you're a scavenger or a farmer or you know like a slave, mm-hmm. and Maybe Ray is more than just nobody, but for this movie, it's the point that you can have this massive potential and not have a bloodline that's predestined, you know? And it's also, it makes Ray's character even more relatable. Yeah. Because it's like now basically everyone can relate to her. Yep. Which is also why, like, I don't know if I said this on air yet, I may have said this off air. Ray, Force Awakens Ray, was one of my favorite characters. 
I, I just loved everything about her character. Last Jedi made made her my favorite character because I in the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens, her a whole character arc as of right now is basically a culmination of all of my favorite characters from Star Wars canon, and it just really made me realize like, wow, as much as I love everything about Han and everything about Leia and everything about Luke and everything about Obi Wan and everything about Ahsoka and everything. There's a little bit of everything of everyone in Rey, and she's also her own new character. And I think there's just something about that that I just I love. And you know, and I, I, she's my favorite there, character. And that's there lies yeah, even more tragedies that with Carrie's passing, she spent a movie with Han, a movie with Luke. She was supposed to spend a movie with Carrie, and she'd truly be an amalgamation of what those heroes meant to us. That's why mm-hmm. losing Carrie was just like. It made me. It made it hurt even more after watching this movie, honestly, and seeing how it ended and how much promise was supposed to be in Episode Nine. So it, like, it was. It brought back all the pain. The I'm still yeah. trying to process that. We'll never like see that mother-daughter relationship between Leia and Rey, and like, yeah, you can do it in books and comic books and maybe an animated show, but I don't know. It's never going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, and what is and what a shame. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you go, go ahead. What we can talk about later. Um, uh, I, I was gonna say, um, do you guys think it was JJ's plan for Ray to be known? Because I feel like in Force Awakens, um, when Maz asked Han who's the girl, I feel like Han knew who she was. So if she's really no one, like, do do you think that uh, that was the story all along that JJ had to come up with, or do you think Ryan Johnson and Lucasfilm decided to do something different? <laughs> I think it was mostly Ryan, probably. destroyed everything that J.J. had been setting up. And I think for the better, since J.J.'s thing probably would have ended up being fairly formulaic and predictable. So it's nice to have things shaked up, torn down. We literally have nowhere to go from here. We have no clue, which I think is a good thing, because now we can stop constantly theorizing about parents and Darth Plagueis. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we also just, remember uh, that uh, J.J. is still a executive uh, producer on this movie. Ryan <laughs> the script to JJ and JJ loved it. He said, Oh, I wish I was doing this movie. And absolutely. So I, I, I think, I don't know. I just have a lot of, I've, I've always had a lot of faith and trust in, in JJ and, and Lucasfilm and, and Ryan and everybody, the story group. It's like the most, they're among some of the most talented people in the film industry. I mean, them, the MCU, Disney as a total. Now Disney, let's, let's be honest. Disney basically now is like everything to the entertainment industry and it, it's just the amazing empire that that they built is just insane um, dude i mean I, I love the infinity gauntlet meme that's been going around yeah so accurate mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, frank what do you think about all this we, we haven't heard from you we need to uh hear from you i pretty much agree with all of you i mean i really don't know what jj's gonna do it's pretty unpredictable um, I feel like everybody who saw The Force Awakens was like, oh, we could immediately predict Snoke is this guy and Rey is these people's daughter. But, yeah, I just don't know what J.D. is going to do. But I, he's one of my favorite directors. I'm one of the only people who sticks up for him. Me and, me and Eric, of course. <laughs> but um, Just you too. <laughs> I'm a loyal bad robot fan. I have a bad mm-hmm. robot phone case, a bad robot T-shirt, a bad robot hat. I am full out bad robot fanboy. So. I don't even know where to get bad robot merch. I ha- I where do you get that? Online. Online. <laughs> I, I got a, a tat 
from a show that he produced called Undercovers. It's a spy. Uh, it's like a spy uh, thing show what? from 2010. And it has the Undercovers logo on, on the front and then the Bad Robot logo on the back. And it was an actual production used hat that um, Bad Robot gave to the uh, people working on the, the TV set. And then the phone case I got on Redbubble, the t-shirt I got also on Redbubble. And uh, I found out this week that you can make custom vans, like the custom slip-on vans. I think I'm going to do Bad Robot vans as well. Oh, my God. Eric, Eric Redbubble Red is not exactly Amazon Prime. How much do you pay in shipping for all this random <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was Black Friday. It was free shipping. <laughs> okay, great. I was going to say, damn. Okay, how much do you pay anyway? <laughs> it's, it's really, it wasn't that price. Uh, the shirt matter. was Black Friday. I, I got everything Black Friday. The shirt was under 20. The phone case was like 14 um, and then the hat, I actually, the hat was a steal. The hat I got for $9. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. But I do want those bad robot vans, and I will eventually go through with that. Anyway, last <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, last guy. Think, to our last topic, do you guys think it's good to write one movie at a time like they always have? Because I feel like that brought us the Luke and Leia makeout session empire. Like, when you go... Like, I'm going to write this movie, then the next movie someone like else is going to write. Do you think that it works, or do you think it should be more of the prequels where there's an arc that's very mapped out? I think it should. They should revert back to how, how George did it for episode one, two, and three, for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with them um, working through those creative challenges. That That's their job, right? That's what they're supposed to do, is work through those things. But at the same time, with the way George did it for episode one, two, and three, it had such a perfectly mapped out direction. So there were no plot holes like that. You, you, it was a, st- a story from start yeah. to finish. Well, you know, say whatever you want about the Phantom Menace or the first, you know, the first and second act of, of Attack of the Clones, but at least it was a very linear and direct story. Right. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with Ross yeah. that I like the one linear story arc. Yeah, you know, it, it connected. Yeah. Once you're done with the trilogy, being a little more coherent. So, I, I would honestly, so yeah, I would love to see a change made and see what would happen. Yeah. Well, if, I think what would be kind of interesting is like create a set beginning, middle, and end path for the characters, but don't map it out in detail. Like let let the let the writers right. do the yeah. writing, let the creators do the creating, work through the challenges, and like like say. Snoke being killed off doesn't necessarily need to be a plot point, but Kylo rising to the top somehow does. You figure out how, how to do it. And I think that could be fairly interesting because mm-hmm. um, that keeps things from getting formulaic by just setting beginning and end points. But, I don't, but getting too detailed could create, um, I, I think, some problems where things become too formulaic. You expect things to happen. Leaks can happen, stuff like that. Someone could pass away. Yeah. <laughs> over everything. Okay, so what do you guys think about the people who liked that Luke had, you know, a finality in his story, but like wanted a Force Unleashed moment, wanted like Vader at the end of Rogue One moment where he just wrecks the First Order and yeah. maybe dies. It would have been out of character. It would have been out of character. Mm. Hey man, the inner Star Wars just- fan in me. Yeah. Like the, the inner Star Wars fan in me wanted to see Luke go out and, you know, in like major fight against Snow in episode nine. Mm. But at the same time, this is 
you know, it's not like I, it's not like I'm owed anything just because that's what I would like to see. Or that's, you know, what I've theorized for the past two years. I was, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand that mindset that so many people have when they say, um, you know, they, they wanted Luke to be exactly this and nothing else. I mean, listen, Luke is a, a legend to the galaxy. I mean, he was the savior of the galactic civil war and then, Oh wow. What do you know? Even though, even though he he turned the chosen one back to the light side and and helped him to fulfill the prophecy, he's still a human being. Yeah. He's still messed up. You know, he's not he's not a, he's not Jesus. Like, <laughs> it, it, he, just because the galaxy made him out to be, it doesn't mean he actually was. He's still a human being in the in the story. And so I thought that, that it was it absolutely made sense. And I think, like I said earlier. He had the same, you know, again, this depends on how J.J. intends on carrying the story forward. I think what Luke did on Crate will have the same impact around the galaxy if it reaches enough worlds as a new Jedi Order led by him would as well. Because it's both ideas send the same message. Right. But do you think there's a disconnect um, uh, between those of us, like us, who who see the poetry and, and the subtlety and see the binary sunset and how it goes comes full circle and that the humanity in a character who is, you know, failed and what Yoda said that failure is the best teacher. Um, I love that line. Versus yeah. the people mm -hmm. who are fanboys and really just want, you know, force powers and lightsabers to clash. Like, do you think that's why this is so polarizing? Because I feel like this movie is so great because it divides those people. Like the critics love it and fanboys hate it. and it causes more discussion than any other Star Wars movie in recent memory. Yeah, I think, I think there definitely is a disconnect. And I think that's a shame, man, because I'm, a, I'm one of the people that, you know, I, I absolutely love all of the lightsaber sequences and, and, and you know, the, the flashiness of episode one, two, and three. Hell, I, I love the Old Republic cinematics, you know, of the, the major conflict that, that those games uh, showed in those, in those videos. But I mean, at the same time, I'm more than willing to accept a conclusion like we have with Luke that has less of that. If, if it does as much for the narrative as Ryan managed to pull off for the last Jedi. It I think it was just badass to see Luke, yeah. what he did in last Jedi, then it would have been to see some epic lightsaber duel between him and Snoke, mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. being shot down by every single uh, weapon that the first order had and just brushing it off, <laughs> brushing it, it off. And making a fool of of the new supreme leader as the resistance goes on to to rebuild. I mean, that, like I said, it, you know, it sends that 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 same message. Absolutely, and that's what's important. It was so satisfying and extremely satisfying. Yeah. One interesting thing that I'll notice is that I'm a lot of friends of mine are not hardcore Star Wars fans. They've never seen the prequels or only seen a few of the original trilogy. My sister. Uh, she saw The Last Jedi. She's only seen The Force Awakens before. I think, like, a little bit of R Return of the Jedi. And you got the that. less experience... The less experience that you have with Star Wars, like, at least among people that I know, the more they end up liking The Last Jedi. Like, it's really... really? accord with new fans. I would expect yeah, the opposite. That's crazy. Yeah, that's my experience, too. It's really yeah. striking accord, especially Luke's death. Like, that that and Snoke's death are striking hardcore cores. The last I also makes a lot of Raylo shippers very happy. Yeah. and her friends were like chanting like kids the, the screen. The they had. What? I thought that was really strong. 
That was I really dug that. I thought that was something totally new and and amazing. Like, how do you even come up with something that genius? Mm-hmm. But listen, I'm not one of the Raylo shippers, but I'm I really yeah. dug that 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 aspect of the story for sure. Yeah, prop, props to Ryan for the way he directed Daisy and Adam in those scenes. It was a lot of tension. It was just amazing. And God, yeah, I wonder. Good. I wonder what else is going to come that you know JJ is going to implement into Episode Nine in terms of force abilities. I mean, every movie we're just seeing something totally new. I mean, with Episode Seven, it was mind probing and stopping laser fire midair. This movie, it's literally force projection across the galaxy and physical like teleportation of matter. I That's mean, right. shit. And people- People forget that in the original trilogy, we didn't really see force pulling and pushing and telekinetic potential until Empire. Mm-hmm. We didn't see force lightning until Jedi, but people act like, oh, you can't add all these new force abilities. Like, <laughs> it's I think that's ridiculous. They've it's always, always been adding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just can't wait till they see what they do with episode nine. Too. Yeah. They, no, I, like, they just need to be careful, though, that it doesn't become like you can do anything with the force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there should be some limits. Um, like at, at at some point, it starts to feel more like magic than anything uniquely Star Wars. You know, like which, things yeah. like the lightning out of the fingers that 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 feels uniquely Star Wars. So fair in in here where I was like, oh, that definitely doesn't work. But like, I, they're approaching... you don't want the Force to look like Doctor Strange, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're approaching some yeah. of that with like moving matter across the galaxy and stuff like that. It didn't bother me, but. It, Dude, your mic just broke. <laughs> um, Marco. But I mean, I, on that note, I'm pretty sure we covered just about everything. No, we did Before didn't. we do a conclusion, does anyone have any final thoughts about The Last Jedi that they want to share? Um, anything at all? Anyone can start. Talk whenever. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think... No, 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 I'll, I'll go. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, so... I, listen, I, I think The Last Jedi, and I, I've said all this a lot already, um, but I think The Last Jedi has a lot of issues. I mean, I, I think the, the Canto Bite sequence was, re- I thought it really didn't belong in this movie. I thought Rose ga- was given too much screen time when we already had plenty of new characters to develop. I thought Benicio Del Toro didn't belong in this movie. Listen, I had problems with this movie that, that distract me every time I watch it. But at the same time, I love everything else, everything that Ryan did with the rest of the movie screen time with Luke, with Ray, and especially Ben Solo and the Snoke twist and everything else that The Last Jedi brought to the table visually, narratively, everything. I can look past those problems because if you look at the movie overall, it's an incredible film. If you can look past the hard cuts and and those minor issues that – you know that yes do distract from the that, that 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 you know did put a damper on the movie's potential it is still an incredible project that that they managed to pull together it, it's it, it's an incredible film with flaws it's not as well structured as, as the force awakens but it's still an absolutely incredible installment into to the star wars saga overall you know i yeah totally i agree with pretty much everything but i will say I love Rose. Her character arc. Oh, same. Amazing. Same. Okay. Yeah, no, dude, same. I, I, I love Rose too. I just think she had too much screen time that she really should have been given oh, okay. to Ray or Finn. That's. I, I, yeah, I feel like my only like actual kind of gripe on this is that it was. I mean, I thought the the, the runtime was was great, two hours and thirty two minutes, but 
I feel like Ray didn't have enough screen time. I think she had more screen time in Force Awakens than she did in Last Jedi. I would have liked to see more of her. I think if they cut Canto Bite in half, because I love the sequ- the, the Canto Bite aspect, I really dug. I thought it was great. But if you cut it in half and give that other half of screen time to Ray and building her character more, I think mm-hmm. it would have been great. But I mean, listen, it's a it's a nitpick. I, again, with most Star Wars films, I it's a lot just a lot of nitpicking. If I have any problem at all, it's a nitpick. It's nothing major. And I think maybe it's just because I'm I just am loyal to Star Wars because uh, I don't know. Listen. If they ever like do a genuinely bad thing in Star Wars canon, I would hope I'd be the one of the first ones to call it out. But then again, I also am a Star Wars fanboy. Like I'm not one of those aggressive ones that's like, no, my head canon must be canon. Like, listen, I can have theories. Everyone can have theories and predict what's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen, that's fine because something better probably happened. Because let's be honest, all these fanboys who are crying that Snoke isn't Plagueis or Ray's parents aren't, uh, or Luke, or Luke, Luke isn't Ray's dad. Okay, whatever, because that would have been awful if those were actually true. And what Ryan did was fantastic. And I think the, one of the best and most magical parts about Star Wars and movies in general is that they, I mean, for, for me at least, I love movies that don't agree with my with my uh, speculation. I, I think that's what makes films magical is that when it does something that com- is completely unexpected. Um, yeah. Does anyone ha- else want to final thoughts on The Last Jedi? Um, so one. my favorite scene, sorry, was the Luke and Leia reunion and John Williams' music cues, how he uses the Luke and Leia theme from Return of the Jedi and it slowly becomes Han Solo and the princess when he hands her the dice. Oh my god. It was so emotional, but also symbolic of just saying goodbye to the past and that we inevitably have to move forward. But it was honoring these characters and the sort of the crossroads of their journey in a way that was just so poignant. And I think Ryan did an amazing job directing that scene. Mm-hmm. I can barely watch that scene because it's real life. But for me, it just sort of symbolizes what this movie meant to me. As a long-time Star Wars fan, yeah, no, I'm I'm someone who cries easily with movies, and that was definitely <laughs> one of the scenes that I cried. At. Like, I don't know what it is, but like every just about every movie, I've I've cried at least once. Spider-Man: Homecoming, Eric when he was crushed under the rubble, I was crying. I was terrified. Obviously, Force Awakens, when my hero was was murdered. Uh, I was screaming and crying. Like it's just, I'm very emotionally connected to movies that way. I don't know. I've always kind of been. But um, anyone else? Final thoughts on Star Wars: The um, Last Jedi, yeah. biggest uh, movie of the year. I'll just um, like is my mic working my... right now. What <laughs> is my mic working right now? Because I know it was broken. Like it um, is now. Stuff. It is now. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah. like roll through my positives and negatives super quickly in like a minute or two. Okay, so positives. Uh, I liked Poe a lot in this movie. Not that I disliked him in Force Awakens, but I liked him a lot more here. That the story arc with Luke was great. Uh, the Ray and Kylo connection. Um, uh, but like, uh, just the imagery of the movie, I thought was really nice. Uh, particularly when, uh, what's her name? The purple-haired lady. Oh, Emerald Holdo. Holdo. Mm-hmm. Holdo. God, yeah, I think I appreciated uh, Ryan's visual style and you know what his team did more than yeah. 
Uh, uh, let's see. Yoda was awesome. Okay. Uh, and then just for the negatives, I won't talk about the ones we've already talked about, but um, Eric, there were some plot holes that we were talking about a little bit uh, earlier today. Uh, the pacing was a little slow. Oh, I, I also felt with um, it might have been more interesting had they actually teamed up at the end of the movie and not just gone back to light side versus dark side actually kind of done like a middle path in between with them mm-hmm. uh, shoot let's see oh okay and this carries over from um, Force Awakens this is the last negative and I know this is not going to be a popular opinion here but with Rey I still need like I, I get why she's a good fighter but I still don't really buy that she beats Kylo Ren, who's been trained by Snoke and Luke. You know, but also he was just shot in the waist by Chewbacca, and that bowcaster—you've seen the damage that thing does. I mean, it's insane. He was just I, shot by and that. He just killed his dad too. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it makes sense in the Force Awakens. Emotionally and physically unbalanced and injured, yeah. which I think is is why Ray um, ended up beating him. And also, like everyone says, oh. She never held the lightsaber. She's never, uh, yeah, she's been using that staff for 15 years fighting. She can handle a lightsaber. It's not a whole lot different. Also, Luke had never. I, I do think that if. The Death Star, he, only, he just exactly. shot someone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I think if, uh, if, if Ben went up against Rey in The Last Jedi, I think it, there probably would have been a different outcome because he was at his full strength in this film. You know, they never actually did go against each other, like in, in, in direct lightsaber combat. So I, 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 yeah. She was taking out the uh, Praetorian guards like a little more efficiently than him. Mm. Yeah, I, I noticed that one mention about the Luke versus Ben scene in this movie. It was very westerny. Like it felt like I was watching one of those old spaghetti Sergio Leone westerns, and yeah. I, I don't know, like it wasn't like ripped out of a western, but I kind of got a little bit of that vibe. The extreme close up on Luke, I, I thought I really dug that. Just the way it was, it it was choreographed. It just it, it felt very. It, it wasn't over the top because I feel like if it was over the top, it would have been too block. <coughs> it would have been too blockbustery nope. for that part of the story. But I think it worked perfectly. Must have been so hard to choreograph. Must have been so hard to choreograph. Both of them just like standing, <laughs> just like standing on one side of another. Just <laughs> no, but- the choreographing must have been. <laughs> <laughs> what Ryan could have taken the easy way out and have just done this this elaborate blockbustery thing, which wouldn't have worked for the narrative, but instead would have been so easy. It, <laughs> I'm not saying you know Hollywood easy, you just shit that stuff out, man. It's not create hard. creatively. It would have been <laughs> taking the easy way out, but he kind of thought outside of the box to make it simpler, and I think it, it worked more for the narrative, like. With with Force Awakens, the elaborate lightsaber fight was essential. It needed to happen. Last Jedi, though, at the end, if there was elaborate lightsaber fight between Luke and Kylo, which is an, another thing people don't like about it, is that they don't like that there was an elaborate lightsaber fight, even yeah, though it did give us one of the best. Scenes and I wonder time. what it was and, like for kids. Yeah, but like for 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 kids going in, what that, saying, know, aren't, uh, aren't into the, the inside the Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> but like the kids that aren't into the symbolism you know when they got to the end and they didn't have the flashy lightsaber duel were there any i wonder if kids were like that was it it's over <laughs> yeah hey, uh, why do you guys think with the final um battle with luke why they chose to have him use the 
blue lightsaber instead of the green one. Because hadn't mm. like Kylo had already seen the blue lightsaber, like yeah. split in half. So wouldn't that be a bit jarring for him? That's my I I totally forgot about that. That's my only other complaint is that yeah. it totally should have been his Return of the Jedi lightsaber. Yeah, I actually think the blue lightsaber might have been to set him off because he thought that he had destroyed it. Yeah, exactly. I, I was I was I was very confused because not oh, only would that yeah. have just generally generally right. looked better because you know Luke's lightsaber is green. We know Luke for having a green lightsaber. And that just would have been great for his final scene. But at the same time, it's like, listen, if, if he's trying to set off Kylo Ren, like uh, like Margo said, it makes more sense if he used the green lightsaber that he that you know Ben remembers him trying to kill him with. Mm. Um, that, so that would distract him and keep him even more on guard and even more focused on Luke. Because yeah, because I mean, granted, Luke probably didn't know that Ben and and Ray had just destroyed Anakin's lightsaber. But at the same time, just like in general, wouldn't he have thought? You know, I'm, listen, I understand that Luke at the same time is probably thinking that was that lightsaber. He, he used that for what was one of the, the worst moments in his life. The, the, one of the worst decisions he ever made in that moment. He doesn't want to remind himself of it, so he didn't project it. But at the same time, it's like it just it, it would have made more sense, you know, strategically and tactically to keep Ben focused on him and not the resistance to be, you know, because I mean, he made the effort, right? He short, he he appeared with the shorter hair and clo- more closely to what Ben would remember him as, you know, his appearance. And so, why why didn't he complete the look with the green lightsaber? You know, because like I said, he made the effort. I totally so agree. Yeah, very very have been some symbolism because that is his dad's lightsaber. That's, that is Anakin's lightsaber. So yeah. it could have been both Anakin, kind of symbolizing Anakin and Luke, kind of facing him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Like, especially considering Kylo's obsession with Vader, uh, that works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that lightsaber. That lightsaber belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. I felt like um, at that moment when Luke was projecting himself, I felt like he took the image of what he thought was a true hero, like mm. the legend of Luke Skywalker. So mm. when he went to, you know, kill Ben Solo, that dark moment where he almost tried to kill his own nephew, that's really dark. So I feel like he knows that that's not the real Luke Skywalker that was about to kill his own nephew. That lightsaber doesn't symbolize, you know, what it exactly did in Return of the Jedi anymore. Mm. So I feel like that's why he picked the blue lightsaber because that's in what, in his mind, what he thinks is the perfect form of himself. Fair. I like that theory. Yeah. It's like solidifying his legend, which he had previously rejected. I like that theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do I. I dig it. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, before we uh, conclude this really great episode, like this was, I, I really just really enjoyed doing this. Like you guys know, one of my favorite things to do is talk to everybody and, and do the do the show and just talk to everyone, even and off air especially. But it was just a lot of fun to do. But before we um, end the episode, let's just go down the line. But everyone ranks The Last Jedi, and I give this ranking to a lot of movies, and that doesn't mean that this is a perfect movie. I do give it a 10 out of 10, though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. My minor problems with it were nitpicks, um, and I'm not going to take points off. I'm not going to go to, like, a, a 9.78. You know, I'm not like that. Uh, I've never listed the points, like, 9 <laughs> point this. Like, just... He's a solid number. I, I would go like a nine point. Like I think I gave. Em- I actually gave Empire nine point five, but I I only do I do fulls and I'll do halves. I'm not going to do a nine point seven five one two eight FN two one eight seven. Come on, 
Uh, <laughs> let's go down the line. Um, Ross, how about we'll, we'll start off with you. Uh, what would you give uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi? Uh, probably seven point five, uh, maybe eight. And I know I just said I know I just said solid numbers, but then you brought up like half. Yeah. That, that is fairly more so. That is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, I would say seven point five if I wanted to be really accurate. Um, and probably yeah, eight if I just wanted to use that's a solid number. Kind of scathing. <laughs> yeah. Gave I gave Attack of the Clones a seven point five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you hate that movie, Marco, but. Uh, I'm not that much. I mean, I would give it like a six. So six isn't bad when it comes to movies, really, because like there's a yeah. lot of bad movies out there. I, it doesn't mean that it's like horrible. It just means that it's like just not great or not sure, yeah. like like around decent. What would you, what would you give uh, Last Jedi, Marco? Um, nine. And James, how about you? Uh, eight and a half out of ten, maybe. It changed the game. Yeah. And Frank, nine. Nice. And uh, finally, Ben. Uh, like Ross said, I'd probably go like a seven and a half. I guess maybe leaning more towards a seven. I yeah. I guess I'm like the most generous when it comes no. to rating. Then. <laughs> no, I, I was surprised how generous all of you guys were. I mean, I, I I still stick to it. I mean, I I think I lean a little closer to eight, but I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I still thoroughly enjoy the film, regardless. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Like, like, uh, despite yeah. the many criticisms I have with it, I walked away from the movie each time, like with a positive feeling overall. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that so. note, though, this has been such a great time. We'll also go down the line so we can say where you can find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Cameron Film, on Instagram at Eric Cameron Films. And links to everything is on my website, EverCameronFilm.com, also linked on this YouTube channel, which you're watching, which I'm pretty sure belongs to me, but I could be wrong. Um, and then, Ben, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my screen right now, and it's very confusing. Change the password. It's different for everybody. What was that? Change the password. <laughs> what password? You said you're not going to have to give your account belongs to you. Well, shit. No, it does. Trust me, it does. I'm not impoverishing anybody. Uh, Ross, where can we find you? Oh, you know, everyone knows where you can where we can find you. Uh, Marco, where can we find you? Uh, I'm uh, I think at this point, let me just check. I can never get my username down. Anymore. Okay, James, where can uh, we find you? Find got him. It, got it. <laughs> find him in the in the accessible places on Roku and MySpace. <laughs> I, I'm JMC underscore Rebel on Twitter and Instagram. And Frank. I'm Frank Mignano three on Instagram and Twitter. And Ben, uh, I'm at Ben Holden two thousand on Twitter and Instagram. Even though I've only used it once. Okay. And Ross, if if anyone doesn't know, Ross, we can find you yeah. uh, MGF Customs. Just Google Lego mm-hmm. MGF, and you'll find everything. <laughs> yep. And uh, Marco, do you do you want to do that I, that last plug? I finally got it. Uh, Pokeshulk three seven eight nine on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Eric, you're going to need to put a link. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> P-O-K-E-S-H-U-L-K-3-7-8. All right, we're good, Marco. So what <laughs> right. are we poking? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rose Squadcast, where we discussed The Last Jedi, the biggest movie of the year. As always, such a fun time doing this. And again, as always, I just said as always like twice in a sentence. What am I even doing? <laughs> As may always. the force be with you. Always. As, as always. always, may the force be with you. May the always. force be with you as always.
Merry Christmas. Yes, Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, happy Life Day. Happy Festivus. Happy Life Day. No, Life Day was last month. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit late on that bandwagon. Um, but again, may the force be with you all, and I hope everyone has a very safe and happy holidays.